Welcome back, everybody. My name is Dylan Robinson. This is my co-host. I'm Gavin Cox. And we are It's On The House podcast presented by... Pam Robinson Real Estate. That's right. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome back. This is Dylan and Gavin. We're back with another podcast. It's On The House. Uh, today, we're going to get into a lot of different topics. We have some good real estate information for you. Then, of course, our Olympic wagers. And we're going to talk a couple of other things on sports just because... It's where Gavin and I relate to. It's uh, it's a good conversation between us. It kind of gets us out of the humdrum uh, society of work sometimes, so it's yep. always fun to hand with it. So Definitely. Um, jumping right into the real estate, uh, Gavin brings me these topics. I do some research on them. I give my opinions on them, and I ask him as a new realtor versus somebody that's got you know 10 years under their belt and kind of see what's going on. And one of the conversations that we have is, how long is this hot market really going to last? You know, What are our predictions for the future? We have people asking. Is now the best time to actually sell? Do they need to wait if they want to buy? Blah, 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 blah. All the yep. questions that we can all speculate on as much as we want to. And then we just got to see how it rolls out, right? Exactly. Okay, well, let's go ahead and give some <laughs> bold predictions bold on predictions. what we believe is going to happen. So this is kind of what I'm thinking. Um, a lot of things that we deal with in the real estate market is instantly correlated with how the economy is doing. Yep. You know, if, if uh, jobs are up, if the economy is doing better, if uh, commodities are up or down, whatever it may be, especially in our area like rural Oklahoma where oil and gas runs everything. You know, if oil and gas is hot, hot our little area is hot too, which is wonderful, um, but it's just like feast or famine. It's the same thing that I've told Gavin. In the beginning, real estate is feast or famine. You're going to have really good opportunities to make a lot of money in a year. Then the next year, you may not just because yep. the economy turned on you, right? Fluctuation. Fluctuation. <laughs> so um, there's a lot of different things that we have to look at. And a lot of the questions that we get are, you know, what do we think is going to happen with interest rates? And you can go online. You can go to mybankrate.com or bankrate.com and kind of figure out and see what is normal right now. And then they're going to have tons of predictions on what's going to happen in the next six months, 12 months, 18 months. They're all just predictions. We, yep. we really don't know because there's so many different factors of the economy that's going to be taken into consideration before the Fed increases or decreases the interest rates. Yep. So right now they're hovering around three for interest rates. There's a lot of predictions anywhere from the end of the year looking at 3.2% up to you know 4.2%, which a lot of people kind of get psyched about that. Like, oh my gosh, interest rates are going up. I mean, like our parents and grandparents bought stuff at like 15 and 16% interest. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, so whenever you consider 4.2%, it's like, yeah, that might not have been as well as it was a year and a half ago. Yeah. But historically, decent. yeah, you're still in a really good spot. And those are still good interest rates to drive buyers to want to go ahead and get their interest rate locked in. Exactly. Right? Um, there's a lot of, I've, I've read several different things to where we're not necessarily in a bubble. So there won't yep. be a bubble burst. For a lot of people, it's going to feel that way, in my opinion, mm -hmm. because you're not necessarily going to get the prices that you're seeing right now. Construction costs are going to come down. You know, new home prices building around here, if it's $165, $170 a square foot, or even if it's $140 a square foot. Two years ago, we were building for $120 a square foot, and it was wicked nice. You know what yep. I'm saying? So whenever you get into that, once those building materials and those costs start coming down, it's going to be cheaper to build a new house, and that's going to have a direct correlation with those homes that are three, four, five years old that are selling around that $125 mark or $135 mark per square foot right now. Well, you tell me, Gavin. I can buy a five-year-old five-year-old home for $135 a square foot, or mm -hmm. or I can build a brand new house for $135 a square foot. What are you going to do? Definitely the brand new house. Exactly. So what's that mean for the existing homes? What's going to happen to those prices? Um, They're going to go down. Yep. That's what's going to happen. And, and that has nothing to do with interest rates or necessarily the availability on the market. That's going to be predetermined on if the builders are still making a good profit margin on what they're looking at and what they can build per, per square foot and still be able to sell it per square foot. Yep. All of that's going to fluctuate. So whenever you're looking at existing homes versus new homes, a lot of that data can get kind of like commingled and it looks a little bit different because you're not taking in just the aspect of existing homes. You're taking in the aspect of, exi of existing homes and new built homes. So their prices right. start to kind of look weird on it, right? So whenever we break it down and we start looking at it, we look at what we're selling homes for right now based 
upon what a new home on that build could look like. And that's not the only way that we address prices, of course, but it's something that we helped as a prediction moving on down the road. Yeah. Um, so once you see a change in what you can build a house for, it's obviously gonna have a change in what you can buy a house for. Exactly. Now with your interest rates ticking up, a lot of people are talking, there's some doom and gloom out there, and there's also a lot of people that are just excited that the real estate market is staying hot, and if we go to 4.2, even 4.5% interest, realistically, talk to your parents, talk to your grandparents, ask them if you are in that mid-30s range, late-20s, you're buying your first house, whatever it may be, Ask your parents and ask your grandparents what interest rate lock they got in on it, yeah. and then compare that to what you have. So don't always take in what's happened in just the last three years versus what's happened in the last 30 years. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Or even more than that. There's a lot of different times whenever you're coming in as a first-time home buyer, you hear people say, well, I got, you know, I got 3.1%, and then somebody else six months later buys it, and they say, well, I got 3.75. Damn, I wish I would have got a better interest rate. And some of those may even even out because, I mean, um, once those interest prices go up, the, the price of the homes are going to go down because there's not going to be as many buyers able and ready to lock into that kind of interest rate. Right. So the prices will go down, so it'll even out the price of the interest on the back end of that. And there's a really cool time period in between that point to where the actual masses figure that out versus the people that have had been paying attention, mm -hmm. have already had a conversation with the realtor, have already called their lender to start getting things figured out. Yeah. So there's gonna be that transition period where there's still a really great opportunity if you're buying rent houses, if you're expanding your real estate portfolio, if you're upgrading on the house that you own, if you're downsizing because you don't need the 3,000 square foot ranch anymore, you know, you're coming home to something that's 1,200 square feet because the kids are out of college and they're out yeah. doing their own things, you know, there's a lot of different things that are gonna happen. And this post-pandemic, current pandemic, honestly, we're starting to talk about masks and everything else again with the Delta variant and everything else that's yeah. coming out, which obviously is gonna have another large you know, change to what could potentially happen in the real estate market, depending yep. on how much we have a hold on this or how much people, it's going to largely depend on if the government tries to do more shutdowns, if they do yep. the mass mandates, or if we're going to shut down stores again, or whatever it may be. There's so many moving variables that we just don't know what's going to happen yet. But if we take into consideration the things that we do know, you're around 3% interest right now. Yep. Okay. If it goes up to 4% interest, do not freak out it's still a great interest rate. Yeah, and like I said, once the interest rates go up, the prices should come down, so there should be a give somewhere, and it won't all be bad, hopefully. Hopefully, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and the good thing is, it's, you know, there's a lot of people that are trying to take advantage of selling their home for the most that they can. Mm -hmm. And then as soon as they sell their home, they're in a predicament that, are they overpaying for a house? Yeah. and getting the best interest rate that they can and they're worried about moving that into the future, my opinion and it, opinion on it is you can't go wrong investing in real estate. Mm -hmm. Whether it's a rent house or a single family home or whatever you're doing. The best thing that I've told a lot of people is no matter how good the economy or how bad the economy, there is always gonna be a reason for people that want to rent homes, yep. period. That's what I was just about to say when you were on that, on that train of thought. Yep. Um, it's not always about resale, but maybe renting out and then taking getting the money that you lost out on and then just selling it below right what you bought it at and like if you take if you look at it st statistically the billionaires that are in the world it's from real estate yeah i mean I, you know 90 percent or something stupid I like that 40 percent or something it was crazy 40 percent of something the millionaires had real dabbles in real estate or got rich from real estate they all start there because and you know you hear the old cliche they're not making any more land you know and i yeah this exactly. is kind of funny i had a dude <laughs> i had a guy i talked to a guy from hawaii the other day that's looking back to move to the the continental united states and um he was talking about land and he's and i told him i was like yeah you know prices have gone up they're not making any more you know you really need to be interested in getting your parcel now and he's like, that's not true. There's volcanoes erupting every day and that lava is expanding our things. And he like went into this whole thing. I was like, yeah, but can okay, you live on me. lava? Yeah, I don't want to live on lava land. That's all I'm saying, okay? 
uh, but it's it's just kind of one of those things. You get different perspectives from people from all over the different all over the world, and yep. that's one thing that I pride myself on here at Payne Robinson Real Estate is I do have an advertising degree from the University of Oklahoma. Mm. We've sold properties to people from Australia, Germany, China, Japan, Afghanistan, Hawaii, Alaska, Russia. Like we've we know that our advertising is getting out there. Like yep. you have to do that in this world right now. Um, but getting back to the real estate market, my prediction, we'll go ahead and put this out there. And I was so, so wrong on the NBA finals. I'm hoping for some good karma here. <laughs> need some redemption. Right. I need, I need a little <laughs> bit to make myself look good here. Maybe I'll do it in real estate instead of sports, you know. Um, but my prediction is I, I honestly think just basically looking at the number of listings that we have uh, in the Oklahoma City MLS, which is down about 40% right now on the last track that I looked at. Yep. It's going to take some time for that to build back up. So personally, even if interest rates get into like, you know, 4.1, 4.2, 4.5, something like that in 2022 mm-hmm. uh, or the beginning of 2023, the supply of homes is still down compared to the number of buyers that we have. So the supply and demand, it's what we've talked about before. It's one of those situations where I really don't think 2022 is going to be a bad year. Um, it may start to level back out. We may start to see some changing trends there. Yep. But in my opinion, if you're a seller that wants to take advantage of this market right now, you've got to get it done before the spring of 2023. Yep. After 2023, I think our building costs and stuff come down enough. I think there's uh, you know, not as much panic buying uh, and you start to see some changes. The other thing that we'll get into more in the next couple of years is in presidential election years, things go nutty because you never know who's going to be running the country and what's going to happen from there. And we're going to be approaching that. But realistically, if you're trying to take advantage of this hot market right now, you need to have it done by, you know, April of 2023 to get the top dollar that you can, because after that, that's where I start to see things starting to stabilize. Yep. For me, I have to stay more on the, let's wrap this. But then again, I don't because I'm a realtor. So it's hard to be a buyer right now. It's hard to be a buyer. Because you're rooting for the rates to stay down right. and the housings to go. But the buyer side is just like, ugh, I just want yeah. three houses to choose from and be able to make an offer on the one that I want, you know, instead of going and looking and have to worry about. How many offers do they exactly, have already? Exactly, yeah. it's just tiring. Yes, right and this is, this is a cool mindset that Gavin can bring to this podcast because like my wife and I, we're we've got our house. We're good yep. for the next five to ten years. We've you know I've got a baby on the way in like the next I don't know twenty days something like that. <laughs> let's so, do let's do a prediction on let's do a little something on when we think the child the child will be here. Okay, first I got to give them a little bit of a background on this. So, okay. all right, here's the deal. My dad is Harvey Jean. He was born on August fifth of nineteen fifty eight. Mm-hmm. My name is Harvey Dillon. I was born August 5th of 1988. So we are exactly 30 years apart on the same day. My due date when I was supposed to be born was August 19th. I came two weeks early on on August 5th, right? Mm -hmm. My son's due date is August 19th. That's crazy. My son's name (laughs) will be Harvey Stafford. And Stafford has some family ties. It's uh, one of my brother-in-law's middle names, and it's also my wife's grandmother's maiden name. So we Harvey's from my side, Stafford's from their side. We like nice. to try to get both families in there and yeah. and you know be good with them. So if my son could just come two weeks early, exactly like I did, we'd have a third generation Harvey on the same daggum birthday. So right it'd be there. it'd be the fifth. The fifth. The, the fifth. fifth is when okay. I need him to be born, but what? I'm not holding my breath. What day is the fifth? What, uh, that's like a Thursday, a, homie. A Thursday. That's a Thursday. Gotcha. What What was your, was it a Thursday? Do you know what day you were born? Honestly, I don't know, but we can go back <laughs> and check that. That's a funny question. Realistically, I'm betting he's born on the 10th. That's, that's my gut feeling. I'm going to say... I'll give you three days over or under on that. So if okay. he's born before the 7th, I win. If he's born after the 13th, I win. I'll take that bet. I'll take that bet? I'll take that bet. <laughs> okay. All right, we'll, we'll throw another Starbucks audit or something there. So 10, 13, 7, <laughs> G, 
So yeah, and so this if he's is born within these three days, though, you win. Right. So you got six days, I think. Yeah. Well, and like the the unfair thing is, I have un, I have under oh, control of like what I feed my <laughs> wife. No spicy foods. We're not going on walks. We're not doing those things. If it's during your time date, I'm just gonna tell her, sorry, honey, you gotta hold them in a little bit longer. So, um, and that'd be. Yeah, it'd be wild. So, you know, if these are out there forever and Stafford, like, finds it eventually, mm -hmm. hey, brother, hopefully I called your birthday. We'll see if I was right <laughs> or Gavin. But uh, back to the real estate side. And, that, and that's just kind of a peek into our personal lives and stuff. This is my first kid. Um, I'm 32 years old. My wife is 30. Um, or she's 31 now. Um, so we're, we're excited about the change. And it, it'll be developing with the real estate. But it's, yeah. it's all going to be good things here. Definitely. And, yeah. So anyway, back to the real estate market. Personally, me by 20, uh, uh, April of 2023, if you're trying to sell and get your top dollar, I think you need to have it done by then. Yep. Because after that point, I think it slowly starts getting back to where we are. Interest rates are higher. We've got more people that are on the market trying to sell their homes. And we get back to that, you know, $5,000, $6,000 or $5,000, $6,000 or that gum. If I say dollar <laughs> one more time. 5,000 to 6,000 listings on residential yep. for MLS. And that, that's kind of where our sweet spot was. We were plenty busy at the point in time where we have 5,000 plus. Yep. Um, whenever there's only 2,500 out there. Well, do you like, did you like that real estate market better or this real estate market better? <sighs> Pre-pregnancy, I appreciated the consistency of the real estate market of us having 5,000 because it just gave you a little extra time. You didn't have to be, you had to be on top of everything that you were doing, yeah. but you didn't have to be so afraid of another realtor swooping in and making yeah. an offer $40,000 over asking price because their person has missed out on seven other homes. Yeah. You know, and that gets really stressful for me because in the, in the back end of it, when you're the realtor and somebody's entrusted you to find the house for them that they were mm -hmm. gonna live in for the next 20, 30 years, that puts a lot of stress on you and you want to make sure that you're doing a good job for them. Yep. So they can call you, you can get off the phone instantly while the listing looks like it's still available, call them and it's under contract. I know most buyers are gonna understand that's not our fault, but I still carry some of that stress in that yeah. weight because I wish I could have got them that house. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Um, so I really, I kind of liked that. It was a slower pace and absolutely, since I've got a kid on the way, it'd be nice to be just a little bit slower paced. <laughs> but like we talked about, feast or famine. This is a part, I've been doing it for 10 years. I've had, you know, years where I tripled the amount that I did the previous year. Yep. And then the following year, I did half of that. So you, you just have to take what you can get at the point in time. You know, right now I'm working seven days a week, into my phone every single day yep. because you have to. Yep. Um, if it gets back into that point to where there's 5,000 listings and you're not so worried about it disappearing in 30 seconds after it hits the market, it would be nice to breathe a little bit yeah. and be like, okay, be my nice son's crying, I'm gonna call you back in five minutes. Yeah. You know, <laughs> Instead of telling them like, with a screaming baby on the other side, I'm gonna get your offer in right now. It's just, it's a little bit on the stress side, but exactly. regardless, we're always ready to take on your business. Well, we, our motto is we work until the job is done. That's seven days a week. Our cell phones are always on. You call or text yep. us. We're going to get back with you and we're going to get you taken care of. But realistically, the money was still really good whenever there was 5,000 listings you know, yep. plus on the market. The money's even better now, yep. but the stress level increases. So you got to find that work-life balance. More money, more problems. More money, more problems. <laughs> Scared money don't make money, right? So yeah, exactly. you got to be out there and invest it. So. Anyway, that, that, that's where I really think that we're at. I think we've got a really solid 2022 ahead of us. It may start to not bottom out, but it may start to fluctuate a little bit towards the end of 2022. Yep. But I realistically think we have at least another solid 18 months in front of us before we start to see some kind of dip. And that is even if the interest rates start to go back up. Because if you're yep. locking in a 4-2 interest rate, you're still doing a really good job. Definitely. Most definitely. Yeah. All right, moving on. Moving on. Okay, that's our uh, that's the real estate in standpoint of it. Let's get into the Olympics. I'm ready for this. Let's because take, let's wait take... to see who's winning. What? <laughs> let's, get a, let's get a time check here. Okay, real time quick. check. Well, technical difficulties. 19 minutes. 19 minutes. Okay. Let's go ahead and start. Just right quick for everybody, our camera times out at 29 minutes, so we are just gonna reset that right quick so we don't run out and lose any data. So, here we go. Boom, check, check, check. Okay. 
Good to go. Good to go. And we're back. Checked twice. And he's checking again. All right, we're good. We're good to go. Yeah. All right. All right. We're gonna let the... Gavin give us some uh, Olympic updates Into on our the wagers. Olympic section of the podcast. So, if you did not know me, and Dylan took predictions um, <laughs> on some of the team games, and then just some games that aren't going to be as hard to follow. Sure. Um, on on our side of things. So first, men's basketball. I don't mm -hmm. think you're doing too hot over there. Yeah, nope, nope. They've been disappointing so far, but they that's okay. They did get a big win against Iran. They did. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Um, yeah, um, they got to get their act together, man. Exactly. Slovenia going strong. I'm, I'm telling you right now, I think Luca can really bring them. We'll see, because yeah. they play Spain August 1st. I think right. it's Sunday. If they can smack up Spain, I think they have a chance to go gold. And they and what is Pal Gasol? Is he a Spaniard? Is he on that team? I don't think he. Okay. He, he may be out of the game. And it it may be now. The biggest thing, the best quote that I've seen to come out of Olympic basketball has been from Evan Fournier, who plays for the the, the France national mm -hmm. team. He came out and he's like, "Yeah, they may have better players, but they're not a better team than us." And that is just such a depiction of American basketball yep. right now. Exactly. It is all ISO. It is no gameplay. Nobody's setting screens. Nobody's moving. The ball yep. movement is stagnant. It's horrible. We're on the super team train right now. Right. Where just, let's just get as much power as we can <laughs> Yeah. so that we can beat the teams that do these things. Yeah, and you know, I mean, you can't rely on Kobe and LeBron all the time. One of the best exactly. games that I've seen so far came from like rush hour two or three. Have you seen that? Yeah, I think so. The, the caddy, uh, the cabbie was giving Chris Rock a hard time for, or uh, Chris Tucker a hard time. Cause he's like, everybody's coming, catching up with you with American basketball. And he's like, no, they're not. And they, <laughs> yeah, they daggum are, man. They're getting to us. So it's uh, ladies and gentlemen, my mother, Pam Robinson is going to make <laughs> a little bit of a, uh, of a cameo here. So what's going on, mama? Hey, I didn't know you were recording i'm sorry we're, yeah you're fine we're talking about new paint for the boardroom fantastic so i have a painter with me okay i was just gonna let him take a peek see the young people in the office are sick of the paint color yes we are so we are talking about <laughs> painting these three rooms we like the cherry wings coat around yep but then we need a new paint color here this right here is a faux finish, people. It's a faux finish with like an X. Do you see the X's in the walls? You know, so that's a faux finish, but they want a different color. Sorry to interrupt. Totally fine. Go ask Jess. She's the uh, the main lady that knows. Uh, yeah. If she's happy, I'm happy. That's all I've got to say about it. <laughs> all right, that was my mother, Pam Robinson. She is the current owner of the... Uh, of the this company. establishment right uh so anyway she had to peek in real quick that's just a part of like what we talked about it's kind of hard to get these podcasts and these videos out because there's always yep. something going on and this, we're that, busy this, office. That, this, yeah, that, yep. it's always something so anyway back to uh the american basketball it is going to be and i i i just want to believe in the dream team you know yeah, i just want to believe but i don't think they're the dream they're not team. they're i think they're just the team that went over there to <laughs> and you know, I mean, in between a weird year of COVID and not having more off time and the Olympics coming into it, and then the other factor that we really have to consider is like is things like Luca and Giannis mm -hmm. and the 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 foreigners, the Europeans, the the Australians. Are they catching up? Right. They're they're coming to our league to play in something that a lot of people don't necessarily recognize about the NBA is how many European and foreign all-stars oh, yeah. and players that we have. Stocks now. Yeah, we don't think about the Olympics Stock. when we got to go back to them because we consider them, you know, they're playing for an American team. They're an American, you know. Yeah. They're, they're in our spot. But now I mean, the American teams are kind of led by right. big names that aren't necessarily from here. Not every single one well, of them. Well, I mean, and like Shea Gilchrist, uh, SGA but for the, Oklahoma City, he's, he's Canada. He's yeah. Canadian, and so is, I think, Lou Dort's Canadian as well. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of our players aren't necessarily – Americans now, so it's exactly. the Olympics are leveling out. We're getting better gameplay no from over the pond, which is good for the game. I think. oh, one hundred percent. And maybe it'll toughen them up when they go over there. And I hope so, because I'd I'd rather watch that than over here. I right agree. Now. The flopping's got to quit. It, exactly. it just bugs the heck out of me. So all right, moving on. Women's basketball. Good. Uh, who'd you pick on this one? Uh, I had Serbia. Serbia. They've had, they've won. Hey, they won one. Let's go. USA. They've obviously won one. <laughs> I think the women's basketball 
I still think I got you on here. Yeah, we'll see. Let's uh, let's wait for the tally count here in a minute. <laughs> so uh, your women's three on three. You took France. How did France? I don't even know. Okay. They well, just didn't do I know Japan didn't do great either. USA let's go won. ahead and USA won. USA won. Okay. Good where we should have went with the home pride there. <laughs> Probably should have gone with it then. Now, Gavin, tell me about the men's three on three basketball. So. Poland is not very good. <laughs> That's who I picked. And then Latvia comes out of nowhere, which is obviously your pick. And they, yeah, it is. they go and get it done. I think they played, um, who'd they play? I'm not sure who they played, but they, they won the thing, got you two points. You're on the board first. But I will say this. I think I have the most points possible uh, left we'll see. on the yeah, board. Like okay, that's so fine. So you know how fantasy draft works, right? You, know, you have this <laughs> amount of points, but right. the other person has this amount of points possible. So I right. think we're on that kind of trajectory. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> and just right quick, my wife called me out for it. I really honestly didn't think anybody would know why I picked Latvia and and yeah. she figured it out. If anybody else is out there that's watched New Girl, have you ever watched that show? Uh, oh, the TV show? Yes. No, I have not. Okay. Well, Winston Bishop was an American <laughs> basketball Bishop. star that went to Europe to play basketball, and he went to Latvia. And that's the <laughs> only reason that I actually pissed, picked them is because of Winnie the Bish. It's what they call him in the in the TV show. It's like, hey, it's another name that I know, and he came through with a big win for me. So, so Winston got it. that one for you. Winston so got it. Currently, for me. two to nothing. Dylan is up. Yep. So keep counting that. Okay, what? Dylan's up two zero. 2-0. I mean, we got tons of points left on here. <laughs> We've already got. How many more do you have throughout, though? How many more what? Points do you have? Let's see here. Zero. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any other points either yet, but it's totally fine. I think, I think it's looking to be a, a very competitive thing with how our records are looking with the teams that we have. Picked. You know, honestly, I'm just glad one of us didn't run away with it. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Exactly. It's, it's more fun to kind of play along this way. So, so I think on the trajectory we're on now, we're looking, it's going to be a close, a close match. All right, cool. Um, next on the list, baseball. Yeah. The Dominican Republic, the team that I picked, they're 0 1. 0 1. 0 Great. 1. Yep. All right. And, and who, Korea? Korea, they're 1 0. They're 1 0. Who knows who they played, though? They could have played Israel. <laughs> <laughs> they no, could have. I think Israel won, too. I'm not they, sure. They may have. So it's hard to keep up with, and to be totally honest. There's it so is. many different games, and the, you just got to actually it research. Is because these games all happen when we're asleep oh, absolutely. at 2 a.m. And I just wake up and I check everything. Yeah, and like realistically, I'm not, like I have a Twitter, but I don't, I don't check Twitter like I, I do Instagram and stuff. And like the whole thing on that is you got to be up like first thing in the morning checking your Twitter and seeing exactly. what the games are if you really want to stay in, involved with it. So. So, so it's hard to just keep track of everything when they're happening when you're asleep. But I do right. check everything, you know, obviously when I get up. Um, next on the list, softball. Okay. Winner was Japan. Winner was Japan. Now, we've discussed. I think I should get some constellation points here because USA did get silver, and that's the team that I picked. You put the terms out there of how <laughs> this was going to roll, my man. <laughs> I should have thought of it. I, I could have had like a half a point. Half a point or something. That's all right. Hey, you know what? The uh, twenty, what twenty four Olympics? We'll we'll redo it. Yeah, we'll point, we'll so. get it done. All right. Golf. Yep. My dudes, negative two. Your guy's even right now. All right, that's fine. He's going to come up with a big win. Justin Thomas is going to come through with it. You know, one dude's at negative eight, so who knows if we're even going (laughs) to win at this point? At this point, probably not. But you know, in 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 just talking a little bit more about our COVID like world that we live in right now, like John Mm -hmm. Rahm doesn't get to play in the Olympics because he tested positive for COVID. And who knows how many of these guys will test positive by the time it ends, and then they're out right john Rump, this is his like third time to have covid i think he missed out on 1.6 million yes he on did on tournament. the pre yes he did he missed out on that and he would have won it because he came back and won oh, the yeah. next mate and like yeah he did that that was there i don't know and like and i was talking to my wife who's in the medical field she's a nurse practitioner and she's like he may be just one of those dudes that like constantly tests positive like that yeah. just may be what it is because it's hard to think He's had it three times, and I'm pretty sure after the last time he got vaccinated, and now he's got it again. Like, it's, my goodness. It's so tough for him, I bet, mentally, just to oh, yeah. keep it going. It's like, oh, no. He probably just thinks every time he gets tested now, it's just like, oh, 
Well, and as well as he's been playing, he's you know up at the top five in the in it's the like world. It's like his prime right now. right now, and he's getting yeah, he's getting shafted. Well, like the wild thing much. is, like I think he played at Arizona State, and that's why he's got a good relationship with Phil Mickelson, and like you know he's a foreigner and stuff. But he's come over here, and he's just absolutely made the right friends and stuff, and he's playing no hellacious golf. I hate to see him. Not in it, even though he's not an American. Like my grandpa was like, America will win everything, you know. He's yeah. like that type of dude, and he would never really give credence necessarily to foreigners that were great athletes too. Mm-hmm. That's really not my mindset. I just love to see somebody that excels in their sport. Yeah. I really don't care where you come from. Just show me that you're an expert at your craft. You yeah, know? I think a lot of these single ones are up in the air until it's all said and done because oh, yeah. of that. So, Absolutely. I mean, who the heck knows in golf? Golf is a big one, though. Seven points. Now we'll see. We'll leave seven points on the table if neither of us. We should have had three it. picks and a dark horse. We should have made the field a little yeah, bit. Yeah, that's than true. That. I so. mean, we could still do it. Yeah, it's all right. I'll, we'll I'll go with the, the dude one. that's in the lead. All right, let's I'll move get... <laughs> on to men's soccer. You took Brazil. I took Argentina. Two How one zero. Two one zero. Messi's not even playing. No, he's not. I saw that. So, I mean, you're pretty much... Screwed. Yeah. Because <laughs> Brazilians, they're just all around, you know. Yeah. Football stars. And so. that's five points right there. So, yeah. this is where we start looking at the long term of things. Not feeling Dylan great may about be it. starting strong, but I think I'm going to go finish strong. Yeah. After Osaka <laughs> went out on the tennis, I was a little worried. I know. So. Those are... That, that's four points right there. Absolutely. All right, so women's soccer. You took Brazil, I took China. How two are we one doing there? And two Brazil. one and oh. Yours one one and zero one and two. Oh so, wonderful. So Losing you're not, you got another well. five points. You still got a long way to go to win <laughs> points. That's all I've got to say on that. Um, rugby, it looks like neither one of us won anything. New Zealand and Ireland didn't do anything in men's uh, rugby. Yep, Fiji won. Fiji I didn't won. Even realize it, but they're I could see them having a good rugby team. Yeah, it makes sense, I guess. Yeah. All right. I think New Zealand, they did play New Zealand in the um, final, so they did get silver. Okay. So, so if we did the consolation thing, we'd get a half a point, points. too. All right, all right. All right, on to the women's rugby then. Uh, you took New Zealand, I took Australia. 2-0-0. Is that me or you? Me. Oh, that's you? Yep. I think you're a 2 0 as well. Okay. So all right. We're hey, looking, we, hey, that's a good one. This is where I'm saying by. that we're we're pretty competitive okay. um, on the on the back end of everything. All right. Um, Osaka's out of the women's tennis. She's gone. My person didn't even end up playing, so I basically <laughs> just threw away four points. <laughs> we promised to do better research moving forward. This was something we, that we were trying, we, trying to we throw together. We looked it up. Her name was We on honestly the did. We did. I saw we pulled her up Olympic tennis of this year. So I don't know what the heck happened. About zero um, points right there for me. Uh, tennis, your guy. Yep. Medvedev. Yep. Medvedev, whatever his name is. Yeah. I think the heat exhaustion, because the game before that, he barely made it through it. He uh-huh. won, but he had to take like two or three training health timeouts. I got you. Because he was so hot. And if you'll remember, this was Gavin's recommend recommendation to me to pick, and I feel like he was cooking the books a little bit <laughs> he there. He got far, dude. Did he? He got far. Right, this I, is the, there's four much. people left. Okay. He got beat out before right. that. So All we need to know, are you out? Is the Joker out? No, 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 no. No, he's still gonna. He's, he's, yeah, he's so you're still gonna him. win points. You're still he's wiping him. <laughs> <laughs> he's wiping him. Okay. Playing. All right. I think, I think he's gonna win that. He hasn't dropped one set yet. Okay. I think it's his, after going out in the first round in the last Olympics, yeah, I think he's on a vengeance. He's tour. on a vengeance tour. Yeah. All right. So women's volleyball, we're both three zero zero. Yep. USA. So this is a good one to watch. Yep, exactly. That would be fun if we actually picked a couple that were in like the like the that gold medal round. That almost happened. Be cool. the, it could have happened in the men's tennis because your, your dude was like one of the number one seeds, and okay. we could have ended up being at, in the final together. Gotcha. But he screwed the pooch. Realistically, so. <laughs> that'd be kind of cool if we could yep. pull that off. So all right, we're doing good in women's volleyball, men's volleyball. I got Italy, and I got Brazil. We're both two zero one. Yeah. Okay. Hey, see, those are fun. See, we got competition. Not really in the middle. You're kind of lacking on some in the middle, but at the start and at the <laughs> you're end. You're kind of lacking our... on some of the beginnings. There. That's all I've got to say there. But yeah, no, this is fun. This is what we love. This is something that gives us yep. a conversation every and time then we come into the, the, the office. And the medal count, uh, USA has 38, China with 31, and then the Russian Olympic Committee or whatever, they have 28. Okay. Hey, I don't know what close. the projections are. For that, because we still have the track and field and all that right. kind of stuff to go. Right. I think China's actually in the lead with the most gold right now, though. Really? I think it's 15 to 14. Okay. So, 
We didn't we didn't make a wager on that, but I'm still rooting for USA to get well, of course. to get the most gold. Well, and like the other cool thing that I've seen is uh, I can't remember the the country's name, but it's a micro state that's completely surrounded by Italy, and they got their first gold or they got their first Olympic medal ever in shooting. And then you've got so some not, other. That's not good for you because you picked you picked the high number here. I, so I picked these the little high number. These little countries taking away gold. But it's, but it's a and it's a medal count. We made we made <laughs> yeah, the beds on the medal I know, count. I know. So, uh, but it is kind of fun to see the parody out there that these these smaller countries or the uh, the less famous countries they have athletes that are training just as hard exactly. to have that kind of recognition mm -hmm. at the Olympics and stuff. And it's really cool to see them. Because there is, uh, there is one, it, it, I can't remember, it was, somebody, it was somewhere around Korea, and I would have done research on this if I thought I was going to talk about it, but um, she won like, she's, she's being awarded like $600,000 in two houses for winning the first medal of their country's yeah. history ever. I saw, I think, I don't know if it was China or Japan, it was one of the Asian, Asian yeah. countries. They're giving her like a million dollars from the federal and, and then a 200 or a million from something else. Yeah. So the, the, the other countries are paying out for these athletes that go over here and perform. Absolutely. Where I think most of the American people are just doing it for, for the endorsements. Yeah, for sure. And for pride. Oh, much. 100%. So, and it's, you know, a little bit different coming from the land of opportunity versus mm -hmm. somebody that may be a struggling developing country and things yeah. like that. So for a lot of these athletes, it may be like a make it or break it oh, 100%. Type, of, type of deal if they don't come back and... Well, and if you want to talk make it or break it, and you talk about South Korea, and if any of their Olympians come back with a medal, they don't have to do their two-year uh, jurisdiction in the state military. Man, I'm, I'm swimming or Right, you know, I mean, that's an opportunity that they don't necessarily have to go put themselves in harm's way for, you know, yeah. a war that they may or may not agree with. That their country states that they you are you are going to put time into this military, and if they win an Olympic medal, they don't have table to. tennis in or oh one hundred percent something. I'm trying to go funny. over there. <laughs> I was watching, and and I don't mean this in a bad way or whatsoever. I was just I just happened to be at a restaurant and they had badminton up mm -hmm. on uh, on the TV, have and you we ever were watching tried that. It. Oh yeah, it's insane. When I went you to get OU, with somebody that can play, I went to the gym, and me and my buddy were just <laughs> were like, oh, we'll just try it out. It's hard. It's hard, dude. Like, we couldn't even get the thing over the net. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, but, like, I was looking at it in our American team. They're, they're you know, they're, they're Asian-American, South Korean-American, or something like that, but they're, they're not of complete American, what you assume, in like, the Caucasian, like, descent and just yep. white dude that you just assume that America is, which isn't how people should assume yeah. America is. We're a very diverse company and, or country and... We're not going to get into the politics of it or anything. But I was just watching, and I was enthralled with it. It was Germany and USA. I didn't even realize it was, but just watching them play, it's I was cool like, to see them like get it, whip around with oh, that yeah. thing. And as fast as like the what are the the shuttlecock? It goes as fast as and, and then, then it, it just slows stops down. and like draws like, and stuff. Yeah, it's it's a complete <laughs> like just mind judgment of how you're going to do it. So the Olympics have been fun. They're always fun. I'm personally more of a fan of the Winter Olympics. Yeah, I that's do. just me. We'll have some wagers on that as well. Absolutely, that'll be coming up. But this has been fun, and I and I it gives me a reason to look into it a little bit more, other exactly. than just like national pride. It gives hope, me a reason. Hopefully, to Hopefully, next Olympics, it's in a place where we can actually watch it. Sure. At you know, get off work or something right. instead of at night that way we can keep up with <laughs> it a little bit more. And yeah. Everything. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Um, what let's. Are we, what is the What's the prize here? Do we stay ten dollar? Yeah, $10 gift card to Chick-fil-A or Starbucks, winner's choice. Gotcha, okay. Okay. All right, and uh, keeping in with our trend of Olympics here, one of the main talking points is Simone Biles at this point. Yep. Um, we've, we both have strong opinions on this. Gavin, I'll kind of let you start out on okay. it. And, um, then so I'll, she backs I'll out of the team you. event. She backs out of the team event. Doesn't they mean get... that she can't still yeah. participate in other events, but right now the team events, yeah, she's out. They get silver. Mm -hmm. And the reason being mental issues. Yep. I don't think she was performing at her best, so I think she just kind of backed out to let her teammates try and do better than sure. she. But I don't think nothing against her teammates, but I think Simone Biles' not best is better than some of the other people's oh, best. So, absolutely. I don't know. I do think I don't have a problem with her backing out. And the other day, it's just a sport, and it's just the Olympics. Right. So if she needs to back out, 
than whatever. And mental health, and I'm glad it's on the forefront of a lot of conversation right now, and I'm glad that she's putting it out there because in the end, nobody, unless you're another Olympic athlete, can understand and appreciate the stress that she's under yep. from people that she's never met, yep. that she's never talked to. She's carrying an entire country's hopes because she's a badass. Yeah. 100%. They, I mean, they have been telling her, you don't need to be doing those tricks because other people are going to try to do those tricks and they obviously can't do them. We get that you can, but other people can't, so quit yeah, doing Yeah, and that is definitely a wrong way to go about. 100%. One of the best in, in the world. He can't. Just... She has mastered her craft. Yeah, and she has figured it out, and she's used every advantage that, that she like has. Like the little floor routine when she really does and goes and I mean, she's doing oh, yeah. some crazy stuff in there. It's wild, and and just the athletic prowess that she has, yep. just the ability to to not just do it, but do it well, and then stick the landing yep. and do it all within her routine exactly as she should. She is one of the most complete athletes I think I've ever seen in my life. Yep. And then, but that's the stress factor of it. You yes. say that, and then people out there are using that against her to yeah. give other people a chance, like give everyone a gold right. a gold medal pretty much because and you know, they and, can't do what she does. Right. And like, Participation. The, and like what you said, giving her team the best chance yep. to move on in place. And they play, they play silver, obviously we would have liked a gold, but there's no guarantee that Simone's staying out there doing her routines in a middle state that isn't conducive to her doing her best. Yep. That's not necessarily it's what's best for the team because all of those ladies have busted their butts to be yeah. perfect in their craft to and, the best of their uh, ability. And the singles, uh, the... Um, we won gold. Yes. One of her teammates won gold. Yeah, and she goes like Clemson or Auburn or something like yep, that. Lee. And yes, and she's coming back. Yeah, her name image name image and likeness. She's about to get paid. No doubt about <laughs> you it. You know, like she's gonna be doing well. So it, it turned out to be a blessing for the, for Lee because oh yeah, who knows if she would have been able to do that if Biles had been competing. Yeah, and and to me, it's the biggest thing to me is she has to take care of herself mm. because there's nobody else that really doesn't have ulterior motives of her abilities yep. that is around her. It's you do it for your country, but the country doesn't necessarily care about what your mental state is. And we've seen that. We've seen yep. backlash. The, the assistant attorney general for Texas had to walk back some statements calling her a national disappointment because she was taking time for her own well-being and her own benefit. Yep. That is just a testament to if you're not looking out for yourself, nobody's going to care what you have to say. Yep. And all the other Olympic athletes that have been in gymnasts, the best quote that I've seen is, is basically gymnasts are doing full frontal dives into a pool with no water. They're yep. just sticking these things. And she has to take her physical abilities and her mental abilities and take them to the highest rank that she can. Mm -hmm. And if she doesn't feel like she's performing right, I think it was incredibly mature for her to be yep. able to say, guys, I can't get my head right. I want to give you another opportunity. Anybody else, the next person up. And it's just like what you would hear any other football player. If somebody yep. gets hurt, it's next dude up. We are all ready for our yep. jobs. We know what's happening. And that's she, why, you know, gymnasts, you may not think of them as a team, but they are. Oh, 100%. They are a team. Yeah. So she having faith in the next person up to go out there and, and they got silver. Yeah. And they're getting silver. Which so. is an incredible accomplishment. Yeah. Getting Against the world, that's an incredible yeah. accomplishment. Um, so I, I'm proud of her, and I'm glad to hear that mental health is at the forefront of a lot of conversations in America yeah. right now. Because now. it is, hold on, before we get there, for America, it has largely been, it doesn't matter, work through it. Yep. It doesn't matter, work through it. Yep. And as our country has progressed and, and moved into different mindsets, that's not what it is. So there's this big rift between the population that believes you do it because you're supposed to do it and because it's for your country yeah. versus I need to take care of myself so I can do better for my country. Yeah. And there's not an open conversation there, in my opinion, of how these two can actually correspond with each other and see some of the ground from both points and then come together and have a conversation. I think there's also a sort of a double standard when it comes to media attention on... Like if LeBron James was in the Olympics and he wasn't playing very well mm -hmm. and he said, oh, 
I'm just mentally done. I think it would have gone the other direction. Oh, 100%. Where people would have said, he's weak, LaFlop, right. this and that. Not anything to do with the women or anything, just how the media portrays mental issues right now. Right. I don't think is right. Because really right now, men can't say that without being or looked at as being weak in some way. And there's been a start in that in the NBA. Kevin Love, DeMar DeRozan. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's been a lot of guys that have come out and talked about their mental stability and their mental yep. health and things like that. And, and in my opinion, and again, we're not going to get into it in this podcast too much, but yeah. I mean, I do think there's a difference between LeBron James as a man mm -hmm. saying, I don't have the mental stability to be able to do it, and I'm going to sit out for the better men of my team. And I think there's a different stigma with Simone Biles doing it as a woman. Yeah. Is it right? Absolutely not. Unfortunately, that's the society that we live in right now. And it has now, nothing and you to do with the, the two people who are going through this. It has to do with the people in, in between right. who are... Everybody else stands to make money off of them. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, and that's kind of what it boils down to. But, but anyways, moving on. Yeah, all NFL. in all, I support her decision. Good for you, Definitely. girl. Take care of yourself. You are a national treasure as it is already. Mm -hmm. We are extremely proud of you. You have changed gymnastics for the better in the future. And she's made her money. Yes, you, you have solidified who you are. Made her money. Don't she's feel got like her you've got to do it for somebody else. Exactly. Yeah. Anyways, Aaron Rodgers, NFO. <laughs> he was going to, I think... He said, I don't want to give them 50K a day, so let's get back into business here. You think that's it? Look, I'm not giving 50K a day. For somebody that's worth millions. I think he came back, though, right like the day before they were going to start dinging him. So I, he, he had to have been weighing in on him at some <laughs> point to, I better get back in there. My opinion on that is the Packers stood to lose a hell of a lot more money than Aaron Rodgers stood to lose. Yeah. You know, they would be starting over there. They're not going to get any trade value out of him because everybody knows that Aaron Rodgers was pissed off at the Packers. Yep. So what are you going to trade him for? A first rounder and maybe somebody else that might mm -hmm. contribute? Or you got to go through the draft. You got to try to pick up somebody else. You got to offload some of your receivers, your line, and something like that. You're in a much worse position if you don't figure out a way to get Aaron Rodgers on the team. Yep. And that's where they gave him some concessions. So concessions whether they hold any true weight is still to come because I think a binding contract is a binding contract whether they tell him he'll have say in where he goes we'll see I because they're not giving him a say in anything else like he stated in the in his news conference right. he basically just said I want more news conference. Yep. He's basically just said, I want more say in what and how my team performs and what they do. And I think that's a precedent that every team should follow if at that caliber of a player. Right. He had an um, MVP season. Yeah. And like the thing to me is they were Why hampering that. Right. They were hampering his ability to do his job, just like he said in his press conference. Mm -hmm. If you don't take your Phil General, your MVP, your dude that has the opportunity to bring you a Super Bowl, yep. and he's saying, man, I need a slot receiver and I need somebody good, Yeah. and then you go draft a defensive lineman, and, and a he's just looking at you like, what are you doing? <laughs> they drafted a quarterback. Right. You know, it's just kind of like, okay, that's fine. If you don't want to commit to me, send me somewhere else yeah. and let's figure it out. I don't, I think he caught a lot of flack for the way that he handled things. But realistically, I think he handled it pretty good. I think he handled it perfectly <laughs> yeah. because now the Packers are like, oh, no, we're going to pay him. He can have it, whatever say he wants to. And yep, like, and they got Randall Cobb, I believe. Yeah, brought um, him back from uh, 2018. So they have Adams and um, Cobb, and then they're having problems paying Adams, I think. So Yeah, and like the big thing to me is I think he's right in the way that veterans are treated. If there's somebody that's put in a full-term career, somebody that's laid their body yeah. down, that you know, we know what CTE is now. Yeah. We know there's opportunities for these players to not be healthy afterwards. Um, we good? We're gonna have to take a cut break. Cut break. <laughs> if you were recording, the sound of me peeing is on there as well. <laughs> I didn't turn my mic off. <laughs> Let's cut that one, okay? We can put that in the, like the transition. <laughs> I could just have a black screen with that sound. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that, folks. Um, anyway, all right, you ready to jump back into this? <laughs> <laughs> I 
That's a good one. Okay. CCTV, I think you were saying something about. CCTV. The veterans getting their Oh, no, 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 no. CTE. Like the, uh, the, the brain, the concussion oh, yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. And, like, you know, they've, they've laid, their, laid their body on the line for so long. And, like, I really think that you should push your veterans out in a good way. Toss them a bone. Yeah, you know. I think we've seen that in, in the NBA pretty well, like with, uh, what's his name, for the OU, for the Thunder? Nick Collison. Yeah. yeah he's mean, working in the front office. He's getting paid for not probably doing a whole lot. I mean, <laughs> and he was on the team for, like, five years doing Jack Diddley. Oh, oh right. I mean, before that, I mean, he was drafted by the Sonics. He was in Seattle before he came here. I mean, he's kind of a lifer, which is kind of why mm -hmm. I assume they retired his jersey but yep. um you know it's personally i think aaron Rodgers is going to be fine he's an incredible player he's yep. got and like i also think the media portrays portrays him in a kind of an odd light yep. too because him and his family don't get along he's had not like scandals but like shailene woodley like that he's engaged to right now yeah. she's kind of strange too She's a great actress, but I mean, like, yeah. you know, it's she bays like once a month or something wild like that. I mean, they just like I don't know. It's it's kind of strange. So there's yeah. been some things floating around his name, and I think he's got some unfair press. But realistically, if, you if have the Packers didn't want to move him, yeah. If you have anything negative to say about him after that press conference, I think it's, I think he was well spoken. I think he presented valid points i do too and, and i appreciate some said. candor from from yeah. athletes instead of getting the coach talk and like all this that we expect you to be and you have to say all the right things yeah tell me what's really going on and he you did know, just I'd that. Love to hear that yes he did so hopefully a precedent <laughs> setting up for that just so i mean it's it's fun just to talk about oh yeah like when people are actually saying what's going on it's better 100%. it's a better story than him just coming out and saying oh everything's good now <laughs> yeah i agree yeah, no, there's still problems we're working through them. I'd rather hear that than being told it was great and then in three months they trade them. You exactly. Know what I mean? Something along those lines. So, all right, let's get into something that I'm pretty excited about. Let's talk about OU Texas going to the SEC. So, for me, I love it. I'd love to be able to see them play those caliber teams mm -hmm. every single year because it gets kind of boring playing. TCU, the Horned Frogs, or <laughs> who do they play? Tulsa? No, so TCU, Baylor, uh, Kansas, Kansas State, Iowa State. Yeah, I you mean, know. look, we got Alabama, LSU, Texas Tech, Georgia, and Florida. Those right. are just so much more intriguing for me to turn on the game. I agree. Than any other besides, like, Bedlam or the Texas game. I just like the fact that we may not have any more – you know, 11 a.m. kickoffs for OU at this point. We'll get some <laughs> yeah. better TV time and not have to be up so daggum early watching exactly. them play. But, like, so I, I've i got a lot of thoughts on this. Number one, I think it's a great move for OU in Texas. I, yeah. I think that's honestly where they need to be. They are – they – OU is so far above the rest of the Big 12 and their ability to play football. Yeah. Now, whenever you start taking into consideration the rest of their athletics, which that is what a lot of people are leaving out of this, OU still got a hell of a pedigree. I mean, yeah. our gymnastics, our golf has been great. OU basketball, I think, is on the uptrend. Poor yeah. Mosier, I like him coming in. Coach. I love the way that he's going to do it, and I think he's going to be in a good spot. Yeah. Then you start looking at women's sports. OU softball is dominant. All the time, yeah. Sherry Cole, she has ran so many and great these are the teams, programs. These are and the stuff. teams that are usually up there, right? Uh, the SEC teams. So, so the better competition in the SEC that we should see, because of a lot of the things, a lot of the sports that we excel in at OU mm -hmm. are going to be things that are excelled in in the SEC. So and I can, love the competition. And it can only there. get get better and even out the playing field in that conference, because you know maybe one of the big things about going to Alabama or any of these schools is it's such a big school and a big market and yeah. Now OU's in that conversation of they're in the SCC too. Yeah. Maybe we go to OU instead of Alabama. So it evens the the uh, recruiting. Sure, and recruiting is going to be huge for it. I mean, OU's had a great recruiting basis anyway, but mm -hmm. the kids that they've lost out on have largely gone to the SEC oh, yeah. because the SEC puts more players in the NFL than anything else. Yep, defensive players is really where where we need Absolutely. the SEC. Tag we need line. some of that. We need some of that. And like, and it's so like the wild thing is, is um, you know OU having the ability to recruit these kids and then still putting kids through the to the to the NFL and stuff. But SEC has put so many more forward. Yep. 
that's going to be a big thing for OU. We're going to continue to get the same type of recruits that we do, but yep. now we have a little bit of way to sway you away Chance from the Chance to get SEC. some of those five stars that, these other, that right. they're going to these other teams on. My biggest, and like Texas would be fine. This may even be the best thing that's ever happened to Texas. They've been so unrelevant for so long. Yep. But they're college blue blood. They have been there forever. They are yep. a huge university. They control masses amounts of wealth yep. throughout that state. So this is going to be good for them, and I think it helps their recruiting as well. And they've got a new football coach down there. And let's not... This is going to hurt Texas Tech, though. Oh, it's going to hurt. And they've been complaining about the whole daggum time. but Tremendously, Texas Tech is furious. I think they're the ones who released this whole thing. Oh, yeah. They're, yeah, they're the ones they who tried to say yeah. They tried to get it stopped pretty much by releasing it. But yeah. They're not going to have them. It's already petty. done. <laughs> yeah. And OU and Texas would not have told Big 12 that we're leaving unless they knew yep. that they were getting into that. And then yep. the thing that I want people to understand is it's largely we're talking football. Because football is the largest revenue sport for damn near any college that you're going to. That's yep. where the money is brought in. It's not from basketball. Now there are like, you know, Kansas and, and Duke and mm -hmm. those where they flourish on their, their basketball. But realistically, football is what's bringing in the revenue. Yep. And that helps stimulate the rest of the athletic programs that we have throughout our colleges. So this is a good thing, not just for OU football, but for the rest of our athletics as well. My big problem that I have with this because right now it looks like OSU is going to the Pac-12. That's all the talk yeah. right now. TCU, Baylor, and, and Oklahoma State going to the Pac-12. Wouldn't hate to see that. We may not see another OU-OSU Bedlam game for three or four years. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Until like we get scheduling back and stuff like that. So our, our in-state rivalry... But honestly, not that it's really a been a rivalry. Let's, honestly, let's talk yeah. a minute, OSU fans. I would much rather see a competitive game against Alabama or LSU or something like that. Though. Those are huge college names, yeah. though. You know, so but would you take you know would you take a uh, a Mizzou or a Texas Tech over or a Texas A&M over OSU? No. Yeah. Right. So like the big <laughs> thing for me is. And that, and that may be something that they figure out. And OSU is so pissed off at OU right now. I don't know that they'll ever get past it. But realistically, you could have an SEC Pac-12 uh, showdown to where OU's playing OSU. Mm -hmm. The other aspect that I've seen about I wouldn't this, give it to them, though, if I was OU. You wouldn't? I mean, on the off chance they lose, I just don't think it's wise oh, to give brother. them. Come on. You want to go whoop up on little brother. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I do. Chance. But, I mean, I just I think it's one of those. It's like a pity game for OSU, pretty much. Uh, they have, they, OSU has less to lose than OU yeah, does. Exactly. I get that. I get that. Now, the one intriguing thing that I've seen um, is they're talking about, like, 14 pods in the SEC since there will be 16 mm -hmm. teams now. So you'd have your four teams that you're going to play against always, and then you rotate through yeah. the rest of the other pods. That you so it would really to. only be playing Alabama once, once every, every three years yeah. or whatever it may be. I don't hate that thought, but that's going to be a lot of the developing if we get into like the huge, you know, four power four conferences that all have yep. 16 plus teams. And that's going to be a necessity to have. And then off of that, the how the playoffs will change and, and as a result of that. Exactly. If the playoff change, I think this is a great format. Definitely. And it absolutely could be. The one thing that I'm also like, OU stands to lose two huge games. Number one, your Bedlam game, your in-state rival. Yeah. And then if Texas isn't in our pod in the SEC, there's no Red River shootout anymore or Red yeah. River rivalry, whatever they say that has to be now. I mean, we may not play Texas every year depending on where they find out. You know, yeah. they're talking, you know, do we actually need conferences with a 16-team league? You know, yeah. we're going through some different things. So this is going to be a lot of fun to see. Um, you know, there's, a, there's an 18-month buyout period to get out of the Big 12, yep. right? Um, and they're talking about buyouts, and ESPN may be involved, and Texas may pay it for OU, and there's like so, a whole bunch of different things that may happen. But are they one, playing in this in the SEC this year? No, no, okay, they are not. Gotcha. So the stat that I have on that, and I actually picked this up from 107.7, the franchise, my sports talk radio, uh, with Todd and Dylan. Um, they uh, so the stat that Todd brought up was. For other teams that have left their conferences in like the last 10, 15 years or anything like that, yep. the, uh, they have played the following year. So the year that they say that they're leaving, mm -hmm. they don't play in the new conference then, but the following year they do. 
Gotcha. That's like every, like the 12 teams that have done it, done it have all played the following year in into it. So we're looking at 22-23 to be playing in the SEC. Nice. If it took the 18 months and we had two years away from being in the SEC after we were formally invited and accepted, mm-hmm. we OU and Texas would be the first teams that actually had to wait more than a year to get into the conference that they were transferring to. Gotcha. So, and that could be the part because the big thing on this is, does the Big 12 survive? You know, I mean, yeah. Baylor, TCU, and OSU are looking hard to get out of the Big 12. Oh, yeah, because if they just play each other, they're not going to get anywhere. Right, and then if you're bringing in SMU, Houston, yep. UCF, maybe the Arizona State and Arizona schools, your your conference is not going to be what it was. You're losing your two major competitive yep. teams within your conference, and you're going to try to put UCF and Houston in there. Nothing against those schools whatsoever. That'd be good for them. It'd be great for them. And they are <laughs> yeah. knocking on the door begging to get yeah, into it. And I would love them. to see them in a larger conference. Mm-hmm. I like Houston. I like Cincinnati. I like Memphis. Yep. I, you know, Boise. There's a lot of different teams that we could bring into it. But to turn it into a viable option again, I don't know if it would just be life support. <clears throat> excuse me. Life support for the Big 12. Yep. <clears throat> well, let's get 10 more years before we completely dissolve and we're not the Big 12 anymore. Yep. Bowlesby's got a lot of crap on his plate right now, oh and I goodness. don't envy him, but I also don't think he's done a good job. So he can lay in the bed that he's mm. made. That's yep. my personal opinion. <laughs> um, but it's, you know, the technically the grant of rights run out for Big 12 in 2025. That's the latest that we could be in the SEC. There's an yep. 18-month buyout period, so it could be 23-24 season. But historically... Conferences have figured out a way to make it happen to where they go into. Now, that's going to change a lot of the scheduling that's coming in, obviously. Definitely. They'll figure it out just to have them. But if I were the Big 12, you've got two lines of reasoning here. Get them out. Try to save the conference. Do everything yep. that you can to still Don't be the Don't wait Big 12. around. Right. Or... Drag your feet. Don't let them out until 2025. Let them continue to play in it and give yourself more time to figure out how to save the conference. True. But if everybody knows that OU in Texas is leaving, OSU's looking to leave, Baylor's looking to leave, TCU's looking to leave, you're left with Iowa State, Kansas State, West Virginia, you know, Kansas. You, you do they not have much of a cash out on the buyouts right now. And well, then dissolve. And so, like, the thing is, after OU and Texas leave, their buyout's like $70 million or something yeah. crazy like that. After Texas and uh, OU leave, the amount of buyout for the rest of the team drops to, like, $10 million. Something to something. Besides right. them just it's still something. <laughs> but then the question that I've, I haven't heard an answer for, all right, let's say it. OU and Texas buyout for $70 million apiece. They're at $140. Yep. And then everybody else has got to buy out between, you know, 9 and $15 million or whatever it is. Yep. Okay. What happens to all that money after the Big 12 is dissolved? That's the question. I have no clue. I don't. I haven't heard anybody give me a, like a solid answer on what happens to that. I, if the whole Big 12 dissolves. Yeah, if they dissolve, what happens oh, to all yeah. the money that been, they've been taking in the buyouts? It's you know, a, do they become? You know, at that point, do they have enough money to become a dis- like a mid Mid-Ameri- like a mid American? A dissolving fee for all the Big 12 employees. I guess, and it may be. <laughs> they may honestly. It may get to the point where they have to, like, you know, pay back television rights or whatever mm. it may be. You know, yeah, they knows? may have to pay back some some fees as yeah, well. Yeah, Fox and ESPN and like other oh, people maybe a, get a, a piece mess, of that. That's a mess. The TV and oh, scheduling. Ugh. Yeah, I don't even look into it that hard because it's way too confusing. It makes my head hurt. Yep. Lawyers, but, lawyers, lawyers. Yeah, it's it'd be fun. I hate to lose the Bedlam game. Yeah. I would love to see OSU go to the SEC with this, but it largely is sounding like that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. I'd hate to use lose the OU Texas game, but at the same time, and this is going to sound wild coming from an OU alum, I wouldn't mind teaming up with uh, with Texas, telling them to get their shit together. Get a better football team, and let's go run shop in the SEC and show them what Big 12 football was all about. Yeah. The realistic opportunity of that happening is probably (laughs) slim to none, but I can guarantee you OU and Texas fans are not going to be singing Kumbaya SEC at their their games. That's Mm -hmm. just not the way that we're built. We love the rivalry. I've been to OU Texas numerous times. I was a frat boy at OU, had a ton of fun down there, and there's a lot of horror stories about OU Texas weekend and people getting in fights. We had more fun with Texas fans over just John <laughs> back and forth, and we all had a good time with it and moved yep. on. Yeah, we want to beat the hell out of you, but I also respect you as a team. Now, I haven't respected them in like the last 10 years because they're 
dog trash. They're just yeah. horrible. Yeah. Um, but, you know, here's hoping Texas gets better and, you know, the two Big 12 teams that come into the SEC go in there and run shot. Mostly. Most definitely. Yeah. Hopefully they can just compete. Yeah, hopefully. I don't and get some playoff bids. Yeah. But if the playoff expands, we'll right. definitely be in there if we get one or two wins against these. Right, teams. and I can't remember when it's expanding to 12. That may be 2023 or 2024, 2025, something like that. They're already yeah. putting the plans in place. But whenever that happens, you know, OU ought to be in it every year, and Texas mm -hmm. ought to have enough time to get there by then. So yep. it's been fun. Um, this is another one. This one has ran long on us. We've been talking about trying to get, like, a solidified time of how long we're going to go. Sometimes we may talk 20 minutes and get out of here. Sometimes we may talk an hour. I don't know. Just, yep. <laughs> just tune in. It's going to be fun. We hope you guys are enjoying this. Um, you know, Head over to PamRobinsonRealEstate.com to find your next home. Give us a like, share, and a follow on all of our social media. Give us a five-star and a review on uh, Apple, uh, Apple Podcasts. It helps us raise up through the ranks. Yep. You know, we're not trying to be super famous. We're just trying to have some fun. We hope you guys are having fun with us. If you have things that you would like to hear about uh, in the real estate world, or if you just want our opinions, because we're a couple of nobodies, but we'll give you our opinions. Yeah. You know? It'll be fun. <laughs> but uh, anything, leave us a comment. Let us know what you think. And uh, we will absolutely go from there. Gavin, it's been fun as always. Definitely. And uh, on to next week. On to next week. We'll be we'll speaking some, to we'll you soon. We'll have some legitimate results on this. Yeah, Gavin to be down further, Friday. so don't worry about that. Whatever. Even, even worse, getting this so. 10 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Good deal. Enjoy, ladies and gentlemen. We will see you guys next week. Stop in the office. Give us a call. We'd love to talk to you about real estate or just about anything. We'll shoot the, yeah. we'll, you know, we'll shoot the blow <laughs> with you and it'd be good. So anyway, have a good night, everybody. We'll be speaking to you soon. Boom. Boom. All right. Done deal. That one's going to be like an hour and a half. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't put my pee in there, okay? I may. Nah, because then I won't be able to.